Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. Here we go. If you have your Bibles, uh, you can get open up to John 15. This is a very popular portion of Scripture. I'll be talking today about love. Uh, that candle that was just lit there that you so graciously and wonderfully lit is representing love. Now, when we talk about love, this is kind of like drinking like water out of a fire hose. It's very, like, there's just, the Bible is full of God's love. There's so many things that we could talk about. So I thought, from my brain, I need to narrow this down. Let's just look at a chunk of scripture that's talking about love. And then how does that apply for us uh, as Christians in this season? Um, and what does it mean for us living day to day? Because ultimately, if the, the goal and the hope is that we would be gathered here together, not to have a Christian fix, not to get a, uh, just like, fill me up with Jesus, and now I feel good about myself. The goal is that we would be transformed by Christ inside, by his word and by his Holy Spirit, that he would change us so that we could actually be different people. We wouldn't be living in a sinful nature. We'd be living in the nature of God, and we'd be a blessing to everybody around us. So um, we are going to be looking through John 15, but before we, we do that, um, I just want to clarify a couple of things I think will help us understand this text and understand God's love. Because often when we talk about God's love, you think, well, God is love. We sang about it this morning, and you just think, like, God, you're so loving, you're so kind, you're so gracious, and God loves me, and it's just, it's just a blissful thing. And that is true, but there's other parts that I think we have to understand here. So if you've been doing any of the Theos U uh, online stuff um, or uh, and anything, anything with that, or you might have heard this before, they talk about uh, understanding the truth in tension. I don't know if you've heard that before. Understanding the truth in tension. What do I mean by understanding the truth in tension? The example that's given is if you take a tent and you've ever set up a tent and you're trying to get, you need tension in order for a tent to properly um, stand. If you just have tension on one side, well, it's just everything's going to flop down to one side. And if you have tension just maybe on two sides, well, it can it's still not very strong. You have tension from different directions that pull on this tent to enable to have the whole tent function the way it needs to. Well, when we look at God's Word and when we're looking at God's love, if we just think of just God's love, but we don't think about His other attributes such as His holiness or His justice or His, his mercy, there's, there's all sorts of different attributes of God. We need to look at the whole picture. So, so we're almost putting on different lenses. So if we just put on this lens of love, God is love, man. It's all good. Do whatever you want, whenever you want, man. God is love. Yeah. It's like we can, I mean, that's kind of an, obviously a dramatization, but we can, we can look at God's love and just, just have a a filter that actually isn't true because we actually need to apply his holiness as well. And we need to apply his justice as well. If God is a holy God, well, he doesn't, he doesn't actually interact or tolerate sin at all. So 
How does that fit into the picture? So we need these different lenses and these different tensions to understand what we're going to be talking about. So hopefully we can use some of these filters today to understand God's love better. Does that sound like a plan? Okay. Who likes the movies? We're going to read this scripture right away, but who likes, okay, JD likes the movies. Did anyone else just put their hand up when I said that? Yeah, okay. Yeah, all movies. Who likes the movies? JD, it is me. Okay, who likes the movies that they just start with a wild scene that you find out is actually the ending scene of the movie or near the end? Where it's, you're just thrown into chaos and you're like, whoa, 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 what is happening? I love those kind of movies. I think those movies are great. When they start, you're just like, it's, it is chaotic and you're trying to figure out like what's going on. It's loud sometimes or sometimes it's like very just like intense or whatever it might be, but it's difficult to understand what is going on in this and then the rest of the movie is actually about getting to that end scene and making that end scene make sense and when you get to the end, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Well, I'm going to start at the very end. I'm going to be reading John 15, 1 to 17. Uh, if you're a Christian and you've been a Christian even for a short time, you've probably read through this portion of Scripture or heard it before. So John 15, 1 to 17, but the verse 17 just ends with this. Jesus says, this is my command, love each other. So if I just came up here and said, okay, church, this is Jesus' command, love each other. Get to work, see you later. Any parent knows out there, or any teacher or I guess any person, when you go to tell your kid something, so if you've got more than one sibling, or you've just got one, or not sibling, more than one child, or even just if it's one child, and you say, hey, stop hitting your sister, stop hitting your auntie, or stop doing whatever, you know, you should be more loving. Just love them. How many times has that worked in the history of trying that? that? It's never worked in, in my experience. Has it ever worked for you? I don't, I don't know. Just be more loving. And the two-year-old's like, you're right, Mom. I'm going to be more loving. It's ne- I've never seen it work. Well, if I was just to, just to say to you, hey, church, just be more loving. Just do it. Jesus said it. Just be more loving. There's something inside of me, at least, when I'm told to just, like, just be this. Just do this. It's the human nature. It's like, well... Why should I do that? I don't really want to do that. And so I think we need to have some understanding. So that's the big reveal. That's what we end with. Jesus, this is what ends this whole portion of Scripture. It says, this is my command, love each other. Well, let's rewind the tape, and let's go from the start. We're going to actually read this whole whole portion of Scripture, and um, hopefully, hopefully, well, I'm believing that God's going to do something powerful in, in and through his word. Here we go. John, John 15, 1 to 17. It says, and this is Jesus speaking, okay? He's speaking to the disciples, his followers, the guys who've been all in with him, the guys who are just, okay, we're, we're with you, Jesus. We're following you. He says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will... So so that it will be even more fruitful. Okay, that makes sense. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now he starts with this. Remain in me. There's a lot of remaining, okay? Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. That's a pretty straightforward concept. You have a branch that's disconnected from a fruit tree. 
It's on the ground, it withers up, it dies. If it's connected and the tree is healthy, it produces fruit. Okay. It says, it carries on here, it must remain in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, I told you there's a lot of remaining here. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is my Father's... uh, uh, Yes... This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. Still remaining, we're remaining here. Okay, I have told you, uh, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is, is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Verse 17, this is my command, love each other. So there's a lot of remaining in there, but uh, and we're going to kind of go through this a little bit more, but you get the the general idea. There is a connection with Jesus that we need. He talks about remain in me. Other translations use the word abide. And we're going to discover a little bit more about what that actually means and how we can apply that to our lives and, 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 and what that really truly looks like. And so uh, before, before we do that, let's just answer, according to the Scripture here, let's answer the question, what is love? <laughs> what is love? Yeah, JD, I was just—I just looked at him to see if he was going to mouth those words, and he did. <laughs> we do have a connection. He knew that I was going to say jingle bells. I knew that when I said, "What is love?" and I didn't even say, like, anyways, "What is love?" <laughs> well, some things that we can learn about love in this portion of the scripture is, first of all, love comes from God. Okay. We look at verse 9, it says, "As the Father has loved me," so Jesus is saying, "As the Father has loved me." so I have loved you. Now, I've read that many times, but I started to think about it actually a little bit more, and that's an unbelievable statement that a human who is a sinner can be identified with the love that the Father and the Son share. If you think about this, think about the love that the Father has for the Son, what God has for Jesus. This is This isn't like, yeah, he's an okay kid. No, no, that's not the love that he has. It's an unbreakable love, right? It's an unchanging love. It's an eternal love. It's this love that is just, it's it's everlasting. It's this love that is so intense and so perfect. The love has to be perfect between God 
and Jesus. And so that same love, when you read that scripture, as the Father has loved me, so, it's crazy, so have I loved you. That's actually a beautiful love that Jesus has for us. It's a pure love. It's a perfect love. So the first thing that we learn is that love originates in God. The Bible actually says God is love. It originates in God. And from there, that love that's shared between the two of them is actually given to us. It's extended to us. It's not like, it's not like the cheap knockoff version. You know, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. We've all experienced like the authentic version of something. And then you, you're like, you know what? I think this knockoff version is going to do. It never does. It never does. And the same thing is here. It's not like there's a second-rate love that we get. We get the same love that the Father uh, shares with the Son. Secondly, we can learn in verse 13 that love is sacrificial. Okay? Love is sacrificial. Verse uh, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. So we see the example of Christ that he truly did lay down his life. And that is that is what we can learn about love as well. So love comes from God. Love is sacrificial. It, it costs something. It's expensive, actually. It, it, it costs you something. You have to lay down your want, your desire, your fill me, your me first, and it's like, no, after you, I prefer you. And that's what, how we're supposed to live in marriages, live in friendships, and live with all those in our community, in our world. So the greatest form of love is to surrender your life for others. And Jesus obviously modeled that. And number three, love is abundant, or they use the word fruitful in this scripture as well. In verse eight, it says, uh, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Not just a little bit. He wants a lot of fruit. He wants a lot of abundance coming through your life. And one of those attributes would be love. And so... Um, you know, that, that helps us understand, like, we're not going to be able to spend, you know, hours understanding all the intricate ins and outs of love, but the goal, like I said, is for you to be able to carry something with you and carry love with you and extend it to others in this season and beyond. And so, uh, as we learn, love comes from God, love is sacrificial, and love is meant to be fruitful. You're meant to bear fruit. You are, you are meant to be a carrier of love. And it's meant to come through you. And so the second question, and we're going to spend a little bit more time on this, is how do we love? According to this scripture here, how do we love? Now, what was the key word that stuck out here a lot? Remain. Yes, remain. When, when we actually look at the meaning of this word, the original meaning of this word, it simply means to stay. So, so you can, I don't know if you've, has anyone seen the scene in Monty Python when the guards are, yeah, JD's seen it, yeah. <laughs> yes, there's a, there's a scene, it's a ridiculous movie, but these guards are asked, are asked to stay and guard this door, and it's like a 15 minute, it's not 50, it's probably like two or three minutes of this guy explaining, okay, what I want you to do is like, you stay here, and he's speaking to two guards, you stay here and guard this door and de- don't let the prisoner out, Okay. They're like, got it. And so he goes and walks away, and like these, the guards start walking with him. And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. And he goes on and 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 on. And finally, he explains, he's like, okay, you finally got it. And then they're like, we've got it. And then, and then he walks off, and they just walk off again. It's like, that's not staying. 
Staying is when, when you're asked to stay, it's like, you, you, you use, we have, you, yeah. many of you have pets, and you train them, right? It's like, okay, stay, and true staying is when that pet stays right there, imagine the pet is the glass, and you move here, and the pet is still there. That is staying. I think we all understand what staying is, okay? But I want this to actually burn into your mind a little bit. We can so often not remain with God. And so there's some really cool stuff for us to discover here. And so, yes, we see this remain in Jesus. He's saying, remain in me, remain in me, remain in my love. Remain in me, remain in me, remain in me, and I will do this, I will do this, I will do this, I will do this, but remain in me. And then even earlier, it's talking about being connected to, uh, to him. And so, uh, remain in me. It's, he says in verse 5, I am the vine, this is Jesus speaking, I am the vine, you are the branches, okay? So he's the vine, we're the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do some things. No. Or apart from me, you can do most things. No. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I love the clarity that Jesus brings. Apart from me, you can actually accomplish nothing of spiritual or spiritual work or kingdom work that God has for you. Apart from him, we can do many things, but nothing that will last, okay? Our world is full of people doing all sorts of busy work, all sorts of things, but it's not connected. They're not connected to God, and it, all that stuff means is nothing in the end because God has work for us to do. He has fruit that he wants to work and develop in our lives to get through our lives. And so uh, it's very clear here. And um, so the starting point for us is to be carriers of God's love, among other things, um, and, and expressing God's love, love is being, ah, I'm really messing up what I've written down here. The starting point of being carriers of God's love and expressing God's love to others is being connected to Jesus, as we've been discussing, or as the, as the passage says, remaining in him. So we need to stay in relationship with God. We need to stay connected. If we're using the, the branch and the vine of analogy, there cannot be a severing off. It needs to be an actual connection there, okay? It's, it's very, this is very simple stuff, but, but ultimately, I do believe it's hard for us to live this out. And so, I want us to really understand this. So, what does it actually mean to, to remain and, and, and abide in Christ? And what I mentioned before is it means that you stay, right? We've established that. And um, think of this example. So uh, it's it's a cold day like today, and um, it's you're you just you have to you're getting ready for the for the day, and you're gonna you turn on the shower, okay? You turn it on, and the steam starts going. You get it to a real nice temperature. It's very nice and warm, and you're like, oh, this is gonna be nice to get in there. You're a little cold already, and then finally you get in the shower. You have the shower. It's a great, wonderful shower. You probably want to stay in the shower a little longer. If you're, uh, I don't know if, there, do we have any long showerers here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then if you are married to the long showerer, you're probably like, can that person stop? Can you say something about that? Because that's too long. But you're in the shower, and then eventually what happens? You get out of the shower, and then you carry on with your day. 
Now, imagine God's love is the actual, it's the shower, it's the water in the shower, okay? So as we get in and we're under that water, there's this cleansing, there's this washing, there's this warmth, there's this enjoyment of being in the shower. Now, if you leave the shower on, but you get out of the shower, is the, sho- is, is the shower still going? Is there still water there? There is. This is not a trick question. But you are not in the shower, and you are not experiencing what the shower offers. You're not. And it's the same with God's love and remaining and staying with Him. His love is there, and He wants you to experience it. But if you're not experiencing His, his love, like you're, you, by a, a severing and a, 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 a not staying connected to Him, then you are actually not experiencing the fruitfulness. You're not. You actually aren't. And, and so, so the question then remains is, how do we stay connected? And I love that he spells it clearly, clearly for us in, uh, in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so he's, he's, Jesus is speaking about God, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Okay, well, we need to remain in his love. How do we remain in your love? If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Well, I don't like tests, and I don't like trick questions. So I love when something is just so dang clear. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. So following the commands of of God, following Jesus' commands, is actually how we stay in God's love. I find often we somehow in the church have mixed it up where we almost eliminate like this relationship with God. Uh, The relational side, it's like this event that happens. It's like I said yes to Jesus and now I'm going to follow him. And then it's just all about like, okay, well, what are these commands? And you just double down on just, well, this is what the Bible says, and you're just thinking about commands, and that is obviously important, but it turns into religion, and there's no relationship there. Jesus is saying, if you want life, if you want fruitfulness in your life, you have to be connected to me, and the way you are connected to me is by obeying my commands. So it's not like, you better obey my commands. It's not that at all. It's like, please obey my commands. If you obey my commands, you get to experience the love that uh, you actually have. It's actually kind of crazy. This is, this is like, does God, God, does God love, I guess, unequally? Is that, is that, the, is that the word? Well, in Romans 1, 8, it actually says, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godless and wickedness uh, of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So he's saying there's wrath that God is actually, this is, you know, it's a message about love, but I think we also have to look at God is a God of wrath because he's a holy God. And so he looks at sin and says sin must be dealt with. And so this is, God's wrath is actually, it's a loving, it's, it's, 
it's loving because we have the filter of love on, but we also have the filter of holiness on. And, and God's wrath is not just like, I'm going to terminate you. No, it's actually, I've provided a way for you. But if you choose not to follow that way and you choose to walk in godlessness and wickedness, then you will experience my wrath. He, he also says uh, in John three thirty six, it says, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Well, that's great. But right after that says, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. So this isn't like, I'm not saying this to scare anyone, but this is a so, these are sobering scriptures to actually read and understand. So God's commands aren't there to actually, I'm going to punish you and grind you into the ground and make you just, you better obey me there, Jeremy Blackwood, and if you don't, man... Life's going to be terrible for you. Well, life will be terrible for me if I don't obey him. But it's more of a, would you please, I have set out the best way so that you can enter into a relationship with me and we can experience this glorious connection together. And um, I think it's, it's so incredible. Look at some of these benefits uh, that he talks about when we obey his commands. We actually, in verse 14, it says, we can be friends with Jesus. Where is verse 14 here? You are my friends if you do what I command. I like that. Hey, if you follow my commands, we're friends. Uh, another one says, your joy will be complete. It's actually finished, like complete. There's no addition to. Your joy will be complete. That is in verse 11. Excuse me, it says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. It also says, uh, you will be able to ask whatever you wish. I think that's kind of cool. And it carries on and says, you will bear much fruit. In verse 8, it says, you will bear much fruit, uh, which ultimately means you'll have a purposeful, effective, and abundant life in Christ. In Christ. We must remain in Christ. <laughs> so that, that, that's the encouragement. So, so, so as we've established, we, do, we don't have this God. We don't have this God that is, you know, the lightning bolt God that's just ready to zap people and like, you better and get in line. No, we have this God who's like, oh, my heart aches for people and I've set a way back for people to come and enter into relationship with me. And they can enter into relationship with me by believing in me and obeying me. If they believe in me and they obey and follow my commands, then there's this connection and all of a sudden there's this fruitfulness. I want to end with this. Uh, I know our team's going to be coming up right away, but I want to end with this. And hopefully this can give you a practical picture of God's love and the transforming, the transforming power of God's love in a practical way. Charles Orr, I don't know if anyone knows him, he was, he was alive from 1844 to 1913, and I saw this, he was talking about the home. And this is a little bit lengthy, but I'm going to talk about this, and I believe this is where this can start, God's love can start, and from there it can grow uh, and, and go all over the place. And so this is what he talks about when he talks about the home. Nowhere is Christianity more beautifully displayed than in the home. It changes the home of wickedness, strife, and contention into a peaceful and delightful Eden. It converts the home of the wicked into a palace. It drives away discontentment, uneasiness, fear, darkness, and showers contentment, peace, 
and sunlight into every heart. Now, just I'll continue reading. Just so you know, my home is not perfectly like this. My children know this. It's like I have a switch that just flips so quickly that, man, I just go wild. I go crazy, and my kids know that. It's not awesome, but this gives me, this, this brings hope to me again, thinking, no, I can allow, when I'm connected to Christ, I can allow an atmosphere to take place, not only in my home, but beyond. Uh, as we continue reading, this, this is what this gentleman says. He says, recently we saw some people speaking their testimonies in a public meeting and telling of the blessedness of salvation. Yet in their homes, we found them irritable, impatient, and contentious, which is very unlike heaven. But thank God, true Christianity brings a heaven uh, to the home, as well as in the public life. Christianity in, is Christ in the heart, and where Christ is, there is heaven. Consequently, a Christian has a heaven within him. We carry, when we have Christ in us, we actually carry that fruitfulness, the abundance of heaven in us. And as, um, and as he has this he heaven at home, uh, as well as abroad, Christianity in home life makes love and kindness between brothers and sisters. Some parents can be like, amen. Love and dutifulness between parents and children. Love, peace, and harmony, honesty, and faithfulness between husband and wife. Christianity makes a home a heaven. A Christian home where all is love and tenderness and devotion is the sweetest and most sacred spot on earth. And so hopefully that gives you a bit of a picture. You know, you might say, this is not my home life. Well, you know what? As you connect yourself to Christ and you remain in him, then what begin and you follow him, you remain in him by obeying his commands, what is going to begin to happen? Heaven is going to be able to come through you. The power and the life and the abundance of Christ is meant to go to every single sphere of influence that you have in your workplace, in your home. You know what? You might be in a, a workplace that is just, you just hate it and you complain about it every day. Well, maybe you are meant to be that catalyst, that turning point that just brings the life of Christ into that environment. And so I want to invite us to stand here um, as I said before, this is not a complicated message, but it is a bit of a, a message that it's challenging. And so if you're noticing in your own heart, there's areas where, man, that is, there's no fruit growing here. You know what? I want to invite you to get connected to Christ. So even right now, let me just pray over you, and then I'm going to give an opportunity as well for people to actually say yes to Jesus and connect themselves to Jesus even for the first time. So God, I thank you for your people. God, I thank you that you are a faithful God. God, I thank you that you are the one that in your love, God, you came to us in your mercy through your holiness, God, and that you said, I will make a way. I will make a way for people to come to me. And you did that through Christ. And so today, God, we worship you, God. We thank you for what you have done. We thank you for what you have accomplished, God. And we bring you praise for that, God. And even right now, church, with our eyes closed and just, just taking a moment to even consider our own soul, consider our own heart, our own lives, I want to give an invitation. You might be right now, that shower is running right now. Let me just tell you, the shower of God's love 
is pouring and it will continue to be pouring and pouring and pouring. But you might be just standing outside the shower. And this, this prayer is just an invitation for you to actually step in to God's love and feel the abundant um, just peace and grace. And as we confess our sin to God and as we, as, as we bring our own hearts to God, I believe he's going to bring, bring some transformation to every single heart that prays that prayer and just says, I want to follow Jesus. I want to be a person that actually seeks God through his word. I want to be a person that knows his commands and holds them high in my life. And so we're going to pray right now. If that's you, you can lift your hand if you want. You don't have to. If that's you, uh, you can be, you, you, you just, the biggest thing is that you indicate in your own heart that I want to follow God. I want to get, I, I, I want that connection with God and I want to remain in him. So let's pray together. Let's say, let's say, Jesus, I come to you. Come on, church. Let's pray. Let's really pray this from our hearts. Jesus, I come to you and I thank you that you love me the same way that the Father loves you. I come to you and I bring my whole life to you and I place it in your hands. I surrender to you. I confess that I am a sinner and that I need a Savior. And Jesus, would you save me today I want to follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.